Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. We'll be above triple digits. Good swung on on the high fly ball. Back into deep right. Uh, what a night in Tropicana Field last night as the Rays walk it off against the Minnesota Twins to move to 45-19, and 19, the best record in baseball still. And uh, what, a, what a game last night. And that wasn't even the biggest play of the game. That wasn't even the biggest play. How can the walk-off not be the biggest play of the game, JP? Well, because they turned a double play uh, for the ages. Uh, and just absolutely indicative of why the Rays are the best team in baseball because they can mash it, they can catch it, they can throw it, they can do everything with that little beanball. And uh, they are fantastic. They are so fun to watch. And that was another great game last night. Uh, good morning to you. Welcome to another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show here on this Thursday. We're already up to Thursday? These weeks, man, they're flying wow. by. It's June 8th already. June 8th okay, already? We're halfway, we're halfway home to Christmas time. We're halfway home. We're six weeks away, right? June. June. No, a little bit more than that. <laughs> I'm, I'm counting down to college football and, and training camp. Well, training camp is late July. We're about eight weeks away so about, from the start of the college football season. Yeah, about seven weeks away from uh, from training camp. Training camp, yeah. How about that? Yeah. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. It's, just, it's so weird that our whole life, our whole calendar clock revolves around football. We would. We, we would, really need to get a life. We, no, we don't. No, we don't. the The TVs always need to be stayed on to, to sports. That's the rule. Yeah. And we need to always have a countdown clock to the NFL starts. Yeah, with the, especially the world we live in now. Yeah, just bury your head in the sports like you do, and uh, you'll live a happy life. Absolutely. Uh, what What a great night last night. There was so much going on last night. I, w- I was hosting the. Uh, uh, Tampa Sports Club uh, Hall of Fame Awards last night. We had an unbelievable night. So many great speeches. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on some of those. Uh, Earl Garcia, you know, I've known Earl for, for 30 years since I, I came here, started living here, and it, did some of my first interviews with him over at Hillsborough High School as the head football coach. He brought the house down. He was hilarious. He was hilarious. Uh, Jim Macaluso from King High School, who's been there for 48 years coaching baseball at, at, for 48 years uh, rick peck my colleague with the lightning uh, we inducted him um steve deberg told some incredible stories last night as he uh went into the tampa sports hall of fame and uh also dexter jackson super bowl mvp so it was a great night we'll t- i'll uh we'll, we'll have a little segment on that a little bit later coming up so um and the nuggets did what i thought the nuggets would do you know Everybody, oh, the Miami Heat. It's, yeah, when you shoot 49% from three, you're, just, you're pretty much going to win every game you play. Um, and, but they didn't shoot 49% no, from they three did last not. night. <laughs> not even close. 60% of their shots were contested for three. And I, I love the fact that Mike Malone, you know what he did? And maybe uh, Todd Bowles can take a little um, nugget from this. Oops. See what I did there? I did. You know, call your players out publicly. Call them out. Call them out. See what happens. 
you know, this this in this public social media world that we live in, it feels like everybody, you know, nobody wants to everybody wants to put their good, you know, their best foot forward so on social media, you know, and project everything is rosy and wonderful. Well, you know what, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not. And when these players get called out publicly and then the media jumps on it, obviously fans jump on it. Oh, you coach cuz you you see NBA finals, you're not giving any effort. They give some effort last night. Now, I'm not saying it was just because of the public call out, but maybe it doesn't hurt. Maybe it doesn't hurt. You know, put them on blast. See what happens instead of covering up for them. You know, instead of making excuses for your players that aren't playing well, put them on blast. I don't, not in a malicious way. And you have to have a great relationship with your players to do that. And Todd Bowles does have that. His players love him. So, you know, just, just a little nugget there. Thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, so the Nuggets came back behind um, Murray and Jokic last night, and they were absolutely fabulous. And they take a two to one lead in that series. Um, the hockey is shifting back to or shifting to to Florida tonight. To tonight, hopefully a much more raucous crowd than the one we saw last night. Yeah, in that in uh in Miami's arena. So we have that tonight, mm-hmm. uh, and then last night as well. You didn't get a chance to see it, but I watched the entire thing. Florida State and Oklahoma in Game One of the College uh, World Series for the women's two hitter for Oklahoma, huh? Oh, wow. fifty-seven, fifty-two straight wins for the. <laughs> Oklahoma Lady Softball. Team. Yeah, and I'm wow. here to tell you, by the way, I've watched seven innings of that entire 52 inning or 52 game run, yeah. and those seven innings were yesterday. And I already don't like that team. Yeah, I already don't like that team. Don't like them because they're so good, <laughs> and they're going to beat Florida State. Do you have you heard about this thing with the celebrations they do? I didn't know anything about this, and o- I was Oklahoma specifically. I mean, Oklahoma softball specifically in general <laughs> is 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 a crazy game for the celebrations, the chants. Okay, well, I mean, the, the Oklahoma girls are really emotional. The Oklahoma team takes it to a whole new level, and I find it very, very nauseating to watch. Really, like I mean, acting as if they've won like the whole thing after they get a walk, right? A walk. Like, they get a walk, and they're turning around, and they're going, let's go, let's go. And then they're pumping it down like this, like this, going to first base. And I'm wow. sitting there, and I'm like, this team, I don't like this team. And then ESPN's, like, acting like the whole let's go thing, like, that's been going on forever, right? She's like, Holly Rowe was acting as if, like, Oklahoma invented it. And, like, they're really talking it up. It's taking America by storm is the way she said it. And I'm like, really? Because yeah. I didn't even know it was a thing until yesterday. In a good way? Yeah, in a good way. I mean, typically. If you watch tonight's game, all right, I'll, I'll if you watch tonight's to game, watch you will see it right away. What I'm talking about. Okay. All right. I, I do need to see it in, in context. I need to see it how they're doing. It. I mean, just in general, I don't have a, a big problem with if you're celebrating with your own team every, and not putting. It's every out they get. Well, every single out. Kind of like that though. Maybe that's my thing. Is I don't watch yeah. much softball. Women's, women's sports in general, <laughs> they they're more into the game and they celebrate more than guys do. They do. Like, I mean, Wait, JP, imagine but, if you were going to apply baseball's unwritten rules of no celebrate, you know, you can't celebrate to softball. Like, that ain't going to work. Well, here's what really <laughs> well, here's what really bothered me, though. Let me tell you just real quick before we get to the race. There was a play in the game, and the game was already salted away because FSU just could not hit last night. But this Oklahoma girl, I forget her name, she got a double, and then immediately as she got to second base, she's doing her celebration. She put her hands in the air like this. Well, while she did that, the ball was being thrown in second base. Well, she put her hands in like this in the air, and the ball, of course, hit her hand Ooh, and then bounced away, and then she took off and went to third. And when I saw that, I'm like, how is that legal? 
it's a isn't that obstruction in some way? That's what I'm saying. Like her celebrating gifted her another base. Because the ball ended up hitting her in the arm when she started doing her thing. That's when I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm tired of this. Yeah, they could have called something there. They should have. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'll wait to see it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blast them for celebrating, even if it is against our 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 Seminoles. Jew Jetson uh, jumps in and says we still have plenty of players living off the Super Bowl. Todd Bowles. Yeah, the problem with that Jew is you're not calling out anybody specifically. You know, I'm talking about when Devin White is doing what he's doing and it's called out by Warren Sapp, and everybody can see the tape. And it wasn't just that play, by the way. There were many other plays. And then you, as a coach, go to the podium and defend him. No, I, that's what I'm talking about. And then never, never calling out anybody specifically. You can ask him, hey, what happened on that coverage? Oh, well, we mixed it up. We messed it up. But, you know, you know well, who's the plan? Well, the communication thing, blah, blah, blah. Call him out. Call him out. You know, I, that's, that, that's, where, that's where I'm at with Todd. I just, it just seems to me, and you look at the lack of accountability out there and guys making mistakes in, you know, game 18 in the playoffs – where C.D. Lamb's running scot-free in the end zone because your, cover, your, your basic coverages aren't being done. You know, they, they, like we said, last year, Dallas to Dallas. That team, the, and the opener was awesome. And by the end of the year, uh, they were terrible. They were terrible. Yeah, of course, they had a few injuries, but they were terrible. The, the, game, the team that played in that opener and that, that team that played in that playoff game were two completely different teams. What the hell happened, Todd Bowles? Well, I'll tell you what. I, got, I mean, that's the biggest indictment. And, and your quarterback saying our game day effort is, what did you call it, pathetic? Well, the quarterback said embarrassing. Embarrassing, yeah. But, the quarter, that's what Tom Brady, our game day effort is embarrassing. And by the way, I wrote a story yesterday for On3, for on three, and some new quotes came out from Bruce Arians that kind of went under the rug recently. They were on a podcast. Oh, really? And he kind of discussed a little. He kind of discussed a little bit of what went wrong for the offense last year and why this year could be potentially better. And there may or may not be a little bit of a backhanded slab at Mr. Brady in this quote. So stay tuned. Eventually, you will all come around to my perceptions and feelings on Tom Brady and what went down. Eventually. Eventually, you will all come around. That's all I'm going to say. When more and more comes out, as long as it's not a Brady-produced media event. If, it's, if, it's, if the story of this team and the Brady time here is done by someone other than uh, Tom Brady Productions, I, I think we'll get a much better feel for what it was like for this last season the first two seasons were great fantastic unbelievable great we love brady last year was not so much and uh do you have those quotes handy by them well do you want me to get to it now or do you want to um well we're talking about it yeah let's roll let's roll right into it i'm very i'm very interested to hear about it we'll get to the race <laughs> well we've already talked a little but we'll get we'll get to the race. i like to hit a lot of different topics here at the beginning for those who can't Stick around for the whole show. You know, we bounce around a little bit. And, yeah, uh, it's very, it's very subtle, and I don't know if you're reaching to say this is a backhanded comment towards Brady, mm-hmm. but he said a little fire as to what they missed last year in the offense. Okay, I think we needed a little bit of more fire on offense. Um, and then he talked about he said Baker has been there and done it, and I think a little bit of an edge just because of his leadership and having been in the huddle with pro guys a lot. 
but the guys really respect Kyle also. But I love Baker. I just think he brings a charisma and a fire to your offense. So reading through that quote, it sounds you could almost interpret it as a little bit of a backhand that he says we lacked fire. Mm-hmm. And isn't Brady yeah. known as having more fire than anybody? Yeah. yeah. You know, in the league. Well, and, and we said that last year as as as, as the season was going on. It, you know, when, when Brady used to yell at the offensive line, right, or, or get on somebody, we would celebrate that, right? We would celebrate it. And even and this is a, a great lesson of leadership, really, in any walk of life. Um, you can't be a leader if you're not all in. You can't. You can't be a leader if you're not all in. If your team perceives that you have other interests or other things going on that are taking priority over what, you're doing here with your team if they don't see the same level of preparation and dedication from you that they've seen in years past and you know in 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 that case Brady is his own worst enemy because he sets the bar so high even if he's you know still preparing tremendously well people see that it's not what you did in years past you didn't take 11 days off in training camp the year before you didn't go to Bob Kraft's wedding and stay overnight you, you, you know, may, may, maybe there were other things behind the scenes that we did we don't know about, and guarantee you they were, where he wasn't as dialed in. I mean, we could tell it in the press conferences. We could tell it in his body language when he showed up at training camp. We could tell it in his body appearance when he showed up at training camp, 15 pounds lighter. And obviously he was going through a hell of a lot of stuff off the field. And I don't mean to, you know, say he was a bad dude and he was quitting on his team. I'm just saying he was going through some, some shit, like he said. <laughs> he was going through it. Yeah. And, and it just wasn't the same Brady. Again, we're you know we have compassion for him. That that was, the, but it just we're talking about on the field. What we saw was not the Tom Brady of old, and that's why this offense is going to be much better. You don't go from thirty points a game to eighteen points a game and it not be somewhat the quarterback's fault. That's what that's what kills me about that, that last year is that everybody's like, oh, it's all on Byron Leftwich. Oh, the offensive line was terrible. Oh, Brady, you know, Brady had to get rid of. Uh, you know, he 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 deserves a lot of the blame as well. And yeah, I think, and that's why I'm saying, and Bruce Arians is saying, this team lacked the fire, and now they're going to get a quarterback in Baker Mayfield who brings that fire, who brings that moxie. Who brings that those intangibles that Arians is talking about that we've heard from other people, and I think you know the the more you hear players talk about, and I think they they kind of you're going to hear the uh, the receivers kind of shy away from picking out specific quarterbacks to talk about because I think they they know that there's a comp it's a very public competition that's going on. They're not going to want to you know praise Baker Mayfield and not praise Kyle Trask you know publicly. They they want to keep it all even. I get that. But you can already sense a groundswell from players, Arians, and other, you know, even Ty Bowles talking about, you know, the moxie of the quarterback that he wants, the same word he used about Baker when they signed him, and talking about the players buying in. The same, you know, it's, it's very similar. What Arians said was very similar to what Ty Bowles said the other day about what he wants in his starting quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, this is why I'm excited to see what this offense can do. And, again, we're not expecting 30 points a game, but we'll take 24 to 25 because this defense is good enough. If you can get them 25 points, this defense is good, should be good enough to win a lot of these games, especially against all these inexperienced quarterbacks that they're going to face. Talented, yes, very talented young quarterbacks, but inexperienced, including the, uh, the Carolina Leprechaun. <laughs> You're never going to quit it, are you? Nah.
<laughs> he plays for the Panthers now. We'll have some fun with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bryce is kind of an Irish name, isn't it? <laughs> sure, I guess. I don't. Um, yeah, I, I'm just excited to to see what this team can do and what kind of culture they can create. And again, my my biggest my biggest question mark is the head coach and the coaching staff. That's my biggest question mark about this team. They've got a roster to win this division, no question, no question. Uh, a Super Bowl roster, eh? Probably not. Probably not. But they have a they have a roster to win this division. And if they can go out and win, you know, nine, ten, eleven games, that's going to be a hell of a season. It's, it's going to be a fun season to watch. So, hello, national media. Bucks are not tanking. Oh. All right, let's um, let's get back to the Rays and play some of the highlights here. We talked about um, uh, the walk off for Randy last night, but the Paredes. Ah, we'll just play it. I know I said we weren't going to, but we'll go ahead and play it. The Paredes. Taylor Walls double play. You know, first of all, Jason Adams just makes a, a, an absolute uh, carnival of the ninth inning. And that is, you know, a, a cautionary tale, as we've, we've talked a lot about this, that this, this team's this bullpen, you know, even though they, they shut out the Twins for most of the game, it was, you know, mostly bullpen guys, you still got to have somebody to lock it down. And right now, Jason Adams is a coin flip as best, at best. Um, I'm trying to get the the actual play-by-play. He gets a quick out, then hits a batter, allows a stolen base, walked another, allowed the re- lead runner to steal third, then gave up a run-scoring single, hit a bat another batter to load the bases. So at this point, the bases are loaded. And Ryan Jeffers smokes one at 102 miles an hour off the bat down the third baseline. And Itzak Paredes, from his butt, dives, gets the ball, and then they turn two in, in what was maybe the fastest turn I've ever seen at second base by Taylor Walls. Number nine man Jeffers stands in in the pitch. Grounded to third. Backhanded by Paredes from the knee. Goes to second one. Throw to first. They turned it. A double play. As line to line as you could get. Paredes along the foul line. Throwing to second. Walls with a relay and a stretch at first by Ray. That is the like. The, is that not the damnedest double play you've ever seen? In yeah. a, in a pre- especially a pressure moment like that. Yeah, I mean, off the bat, you're thinking, okay, uh, hopefully he stops it and it's only one run. Hopefully he knocks it down. <laughs> oh wow, he caught it. Oh, don't go to second. When you're not going to get a double. Oh my god. I mean, I've literally never seen a better turn, a better pivot. Than what Taylor Walls did. He. What do we say? I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to dump on Brandon Lau now. But again, God, he's not making that play. He ain't making I'm, that I'm play. I'm just here to tell you, he's nope. not making that play. Nope. And even yesterday, like Taylor Walls did a radio interview after the game, and it's he, the way he like described it. Like he just goes so in depth of what he's thinking in that moment. You can tell that he is. It's just it's next level thinking from Taylor Walls. When he fields that ball at second base and being able to turn it and where and the way the gears are turning in his head and this is all very quick, by the time that ball reaches Paredes in like less than a second because mm-hmm. it was blistered off the bat and the walls it's like what two seconds have gone by, and he's already mapped out the way he's going into second the way he's going to twist his body and things like that to make this throw, it, he is so elite at the position no matter where you put him on the field he's so invaluable to this team because of that play and without that. The Randy home run doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter at all. No. 
because probably two runs are going to score yep. in that. Two more runs are going to score in that inning. Mm-hmm. Even Carlos Correa um, said this: the Twin shortstop, uh, All Star. Uh, that's how you have the best record in baseball. He said, "You make plays and you take care of the ball." That's what they do very well. Obviously, they've been getting a lot of offense, too, this year. But they play defense as good as anyone, and they pitch as good as anyone. That's from Carlos Correa. I mean, <laughs> that's the th- and we, we talked about the, this yesterday. The athleticism of this team is off the charts. Off the charts. To lead the league in home runs and stolen bases and defense, that, that's, that's unheard of. That's unheard of in baseball because when you leave the baseball and home runs, what typically do you have? Big guys with power who can't run or play defense mm-hmm. very well. And I know the modern game, it's, it's different, obviously, with you know, the Aaron Judges of the world who can, you know, at six foot seven can jump up and steal home runs and run. I, I get that. But still to have an entire team that, you know, top to bottom, you have, what, seven guys that have, have more, seven or more, eight or more home runs? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous how good this team is top to bottom athletically and and the defense and and we as we're so lucky that we get to see it every night and i know all the metrics try to try to factor in defense but you can't i'm sorry you can't give me an analytic number that represents what i see and it, you just can't because every night it's two three four five six runs a night that they're saving with different plays um, and I know the analytics try to do that, but it's all subjective when you really come down to think about it in terms of defensive plays. You know, if they say, you know, this, you know, there's a 39% chance of them catching this ball. I mean, what does that mean? It, 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 in terms of the, the velocity that it was hit and the latch angle that it was hit, but every, every, how do you measure how a guy gets a jump on a ball? How do you measure how the Rays are positioning these players. Well, I'll just tell you about all the, that stuff. I could just tell you, speak to the middle infield, defensive run saves, which is a pretty good thing to go off of. Wander Franco is number one, and all of him will be shortstops and defensive run saves. He's mm-hmm. going to win the gold glove this year, as he should. Taylor Walls, How about that? number two <laughs> in all of baseball and defensive run saves. And that's been playing, you know, third, I, short, I second, all over look, the place. I didn't need to look at that list. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even really need to know it. And and Taylor Walls, by the way, is high on that list, and he's played less innings than most of the guys that are around yeah. him on here as well. Imagine if he had all the Belau innings. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we might have the best record in baseball. <clears throat> For my money, when they have Walls playing at second or third, whatever they want to do, and, and Wander playing at short, you won't find two guys next to each other in an infield and in, in, in baseball better than those two guys yeah. from a defensive standpoint. You just won't. They've, they've gobbled up everything. Oh, and by the way, when you have the guy in center who makes every play, he makes tough plays look very routine, night in and night out. You mean he's not diving for balls he doesn't need to dive for? Yeah, like Mr. Kiermaier yesterday. <laughs> I saw it. You saw it? <laughs> I did see it. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, what a fantastic play by Kevin Kiermaier. And it's like, yeah, I think you could have just stuck the glove there, you know? Yeah. Had to do slide. Of course. Had to slide in, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's so much cooler, bro. You got you to you style points count. So cool. Yeah, so in you, so the Rays also, they have, this is no shock, They I think they've turned the numbers over 70% of the ground balls into outs. And I think the Reds are the worst, and they're like it's 60%. Mm-hmm. But in that, I think that equals, uh, at this point of the season, into like 60 or 70 outs. I mean, that's, it's huge. I mean, that you just, it's so, I mean, it, it, it's hard to explain when, like, well, that ending in and of itself right there. 
that play, like you said, probably saves, well, definitely saves at least one run. Probably saves two. Most likely saves three runs because of you know how bad Jason Adam was at that point. And it wins games. And you see it, you know, the other night, uh, Vidal Brujan, who they just called yep. up, makes two plays that probably save the game. So it's just night in and night out. You can get a Rosa Arena the you know last week the diving catch in yeah. the corner. Luke Rayleigh the, the week prior stole yeah. stole a couple from Freddie Freeman. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, it's everywhere. Every every game, and it's it's not just the pitching; it's the defense; it's the it's it's everything. This but, is such a special team to and, watch. And this was a, another example of this season is feeling so special right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, Randy comes up to bat too there against Duran, who if you haven't been paying attention. To, to John Duran, he's one of the best relievers in baseball. Every night in and night out, I see Pitching Ninja, which is a great account on Twitter, by the way. Yeah. They post all these pitches, and he's on there every single outing. And he's touching routinely now, like 105, with his fastball. With, all this, with this crazy run, it's in the zone, it's not wild or anything. He's throwing them for strikes, guys can't touch it. And then he's also throwing 98 to 99 mile per hour splitters. Yeah. Which he gave two to Randy yesterday. And again, that pitch... It's 98, and it's low and away. Yeah. Like, and this is, the again, the maturation of Randy Orozarena as a batter. Yeah. And I think he's gotten away from that maybe the last week or so. The average has dipped a little bit. He hasn't been as effective. The swing's been getting longer, but last night he seemed like he was locked in. And I know he's locked in when he's taking that pitch the other way like yeah, that exactly. and getting the barrel on it. Yeah. I mean, that is a very tough pitch to hit out. It's ridiculously tough. Especially off of that guy. In fact, Durant, Durant like, right when he hit it, points up like it's a pop-up you know and he's like and i'm like uh, you don't you don't know the randy i know that's right and randy knew it was gone too oh he, he yeah he pimped it at the plate he pimped it at the plate and then he stopped for a second and he's like okay let's go <laughs> and then he instead of doing the folded arms pose at third base he did it at home facing his teammates which I think maybe a, a little tweak to his celebration a little tweak maybe was uh mentioned to him by <laughs> People in the organization. Yeah, I have no problem. I, like it. I, I like have no it. big problem with Oklahoma, but no problem with Randy. You know how it works. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and the other thing too, the pitching. You mentioned, you know, for for all their faults, again, they are on a five game winning streak, which is this is their third five game plus winning streak of the season, by the way, already. And through this one, they've only given up six runs, six runs in five games. That's it. That's all they've given up. So. Again, they win, and it seems like every win they get, it's different from the night before. They stifle offenses. The bullpen has finally caught up, I think, and is fully healthy, in my opinion. Well, not Fairbanks. Well, not Fairbanks, but the guys that are there, they seem to be healthy and rested and ready to go because of the performance here in this last five games. Yeah, they're they're absolutely um, locked in, man. And, um, And, And they're starting to gain ground, by the way. They're starting to separate themselves in the AL. I think I looked last night. I'm going to verify it this morning. Yeah, I think so. Six and a half lead game on Baltimore, who is scuffling. And the Yankees are now eight back, and Aaron Judge is on the IL. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Yankees are six and seven without Aaron Judge this season and 30 and 19 with him. So there's a pretty big disparity there with Judge and without Judge. So Rays have a chance to continue to take advantage of the division right now. Yeah, it's, and it, it's, you can't. Take your foot off the gas, even though you're on pace to win 120 games. Um, keep going. Keep going. Uh, let's listen to uh, Kevin Cash real quick before we uh, – Scott Reynolds is on deck, and uh, he has been out at OTAs this week, so 
very interested to talk to him about what's going on out there at One Buck Place. But uh, let's kind of wrap up the race here with uh, Kevin Cash, who's postgame from last night. Okay, let's start with the big moment. Randy Rosarena on the second pitch hits it out of the park. Just an example of how he does love that big moment. He's got a knack for him. He's a really good player and seems to elevate his game uh, when, you know, probably we need it most. He's the right guy up there. I mean, that guy, Duran, is, is really talented and big arm, but Randy's got a quick bat and um, knocked it out of the ballpark. And then that double play to end that threat there. How key was that? Isak Paredes backhanding it, Taylor Walls. And- yeah, I mean, that home run doesn't matter without that double play because they're going to pick up two, maybe three. Paredes, great pickup by him and Wallsy. I don't know if there's another guy that can do what he, you know, we did on that turn to be falling one way and, and get enough on the throw. So, tremendous play on all fronts. And the bullpen, not surrendering a run until the ninth inning against, like we talked about yesterday, a veteran group of hitters. Pretty impressive today. Yeah, really good. I mean, um, Armstrong, another really solid outing for him. Cooper Criswell did a tremendous job of mixing and, and keeping them off balance and not timed up. And then felt like, you know, Stevenson comes in. Kevin Kelly got some big outs. Um, Poche looked as sharp as he could, you know, maybe as sharp as he's looked in quite some time. And with J.A., I mean, still the right guy on the mound. They just had some good at bats there at the end, but very impressed with the bullpen. Is there a part, which part of that double play is the hardest part, you think, with the Walls' turn, probably? I don't know how you rank them. They're, they're both, I got an echo going. Um, they're both, um, takes a lot of athleticism. I mean, Isak was on the ground, too, when he threw. Uh, you know, Walsy, you just, you know the guy at first is going to be on top of you, getting there quick, and he turned it, you know, pretty fearlessly. And Luke had a pretty good stretch, it seemed like, on the back end, too. Yeah. For a guy who doesn't play a ton of first base. Right. So yeah. I was hoping it wouldn't hit to him. <laughs> yeah. When Jay is off, is it just a matter of where the... Kind of, yeah, you know, I mean, where it aims and where it ends up. A little bit. A I mean, guys. you know, he, he he nicked the the Solano to get it started, and then he throws a breaking ball that hit Castro, I believe, um, to load the bases after the after the hit. But you know, Lewis went down and and got a, it looked like a pretty well executed changeup below the zone or right at the bottom of the zone. So, give him credit. Is there any conversation with Randy that you heard before? Did he call it or you call it? Right no. No, I didn't know off the bat for sure, but I looked at him. He certainly knew, so <laughs> I just trusted him. <laughs> Kevin, Isak and Walls, they've been great for you all season defensively, right? Yeah. Just everywhere you've asked them to play, they've, they've kind of delivered. Yeah, I mean, they've both done, you know, put on defensive clinics at third base together all season long. Now with B-Lau out, we're going to get to see Walsey probably play a little bit more second base. Um, but they're, they're very sure-handed. Their first step is tremendous. Their arm accuracy, strength, they're really good players. We're a way better team. And the best team in baseball just got better. All right, quick break. When we come back, Scott Reynolds from the Pew Report is going to join us. Uh, he's been out at OTAs uh, watching Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask throw errantly, according to the national media. <laughs> Can't wait to get into this. It's going to be fun. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center in our first hour, BAMMC.com. Please uh, visit their websites. And we'll be back at 3 with Scott Reynolds, Pew Report. Stay with us. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? 
It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well. 
uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. If you've been involved in an accident, call them immediately to get the best representation, local representation, guys that have been around here and work with uh, the local uh, insurance companies, all the people in the justice system here. That's important, and, of course, they get the best outcomes as well. So JeevesLawGroup.com, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. All right, let's welcome in our good friend, Scott Reynolds from the Pewter Report, who's been hanging out at the Bucks OTAs. It's hot out there, so he told me this morning yeah. that he has showered. So that's a, I did shower. Even yeah. though it's not smell-o-vision, uh, you look fabulous. The hair looks good. Thank you. Hair appreciate looks good. that. You I, I don't have volume. a hat on today. I feel like I should wear a hat. Good vo- you got good volume. Well, you know, this is a little a bit, hat. yeah. It was a hat. It was a hat. One gray in the front. I've got like a little rogue thing going on, like from, you know, like hey. from X-Men. Just, wearing my oh, X-Men very today. nice. Very yeah. nice. Chicks dig the little salt in the in the. In the I, air. You know what? My what wife I'm Ashley told. has been waiting for me to go gray. It's See? like she, like whether yeah. it was like Sean Connery, you know, Harrison Ford. Like she digs like older guys' gray hair and all that. And I'm I'm like nine years older than her, and I don't dye my hair at all, and I never nice. will. Nice. And it's, I'm 51. It's taking me forever to get this gray. Yeah. Yeah, and you would think with four kids and, and a wife, uh, I, I would be grayer earlier, but it hasn't happened. I have, I have the, the, gray, really I have the gray in the beard, the salt in the beard, but my hair still is yeah. what's left of it. It's still, <laughs> I still got the dirty blonde thing working, though. Whatever. Nobody go. wants to hear yeah. about her. What they want to hear about is this quarterback competition because I saw, yeah. I saw a clip that showed Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield missing, the, yeah. missing tight ends, and, and Harry Douglas went on ESPN, who I love. I love Harry, by the way. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, they suck. Baker sucks. Trash sucks. They're gonna suck. Ah. So yeah. I said that's. I texted. I said, yeah, that's the Falcon in you, there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I. I only wish I would have saved some of the clips of Tom Brady missing receivers in right, individual right, periods. I. Right. I wish I would have. I would have that saved happened? some of those. That it did really? happen. Oh I was God. witness to it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Matter of fact, um, he missed some receivers. So did Jameis. So did. Uh, Josh McCown and mm. Mike Lennon and Josh yeah. Freeman. We could go on and on and on. It happens. It does. I have yet to see a quarterback be 100% in practice. It, yeah. it just doesn't happen. So, uh, yes, Dan Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask to hell for missing receivers, <laughs> especially Baker Mayfield because he comes in with, you know, this is his sixth year in the league. He should be able to make those, you know, just like all NBA players should be able to make free throws. That's I mean, right. how many free throws have they shot in their life, right? I mean, it's it's a free throw. <laughs> it's free. Just you shoot it, and it automatically goes in, right? right. That's just how it works. Um, listen, Baker Mayfield has, if I'm counting correctly now, I think we're like um, we're we're 12 OTAs in, mm-hmm. and you've got the three mandatory mini camps. So for 12 practices, he has thrown to completely new receivers, tight ends, and running backs. There has not been one tight end, receiver, or running back he has ever thrown to. Out of any of the guys on the Bucks roster mm-hmm. before those twelve practices, right. there's a thing called timing mm-hmm. that has to be worked out and yeah. established. Right. 
because Mike Evans runs at a different speed than Chris Godwin does. And Mike Evans at six foot five has a different catch radius than five foot eight, maybe five foot seven, Devin Tompkins does. Right. So that's what practice is for. It's to iron out these things, not to draw conclusions about who's going to be the quarterback in Tampa Bay. I'll tell you who's going to be the quarterback in Tampa Bay. Either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Whichever one doesn't turn the ball over as much as the other one does, that's the guy that's going to win the job. And they're going to look at what they do in the preseason games because those are the ones that matter more than the practices. And the training camp practices and full pads and live 11-on-11 drills matter more than the underwear uh, practices we're seeing now with guys in helmets, T-shirts, and shorts. And what's kind of your take on on how they're kind of operating this whole quarterback competition? Because I know there's a lot of people who say, why don't you name a starter now and let's let's give that guy the full reps, the chance to get up to speed with everybody and get the timing and such things as you just talked about right there down. Yes. Or the yep. way they're doing it, and I even brought up this with Dave Canales, consider where he came last year where they right. brought in Drew Locke, and I think we all assumed, oh, he's going to be the starter. Okay. But they didn't give him the job. They, right. let the impros- they let the entire process go on, and they found yep. out that, hey, Geno Smith's kind of better than yep. him. So what's your kind of take it, on how right. they're handling it? Uh, two sides of my brain are working on this. One side says... Um, Baker Mayfield probably deserves to start. He has the experience. And I think at the end of the day, guys, I think it's going to be Baker. Why? Because Dave Canales, he's got one shot at this. He really does. If the Buccaneers don't win nine games or more, there is a legitimate chance that Todd Bowles could be fired. Okay. I don't think it's going to happen. But like, if the Bucs win four or five games, I'm thinking that Lazarus hit the reset button. They give every coach that they've hired two years and say what you want about the little banner hanging in the in the practice facility. They were 8-9 last year, and they, they were 8-10 and 10 if you factor in that playoff loss, but they got thumped at home. Okay, Having said that, Dave Canales, is, this is going to be his only shot as an offensive coordinator. If his offense bombs in this year and leads to yeah. Todd Bowles getting fired, He's back to being a quarterback's coach. That, that's just it. I mean, look at Byron Leftwich. He doesn't even have a job. Yeah. And he has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. And he coached Tom Brady for three years. So life, life comes at you fast in the NFL. So having said that, Baker Mayfield should get the job based on that, right? Because these guys want to keep working for the Buccaneers. And he has the most experience, probably the safer bet, to at least start the season. Yeah. However, you look at the process and what happened with Seattle. And you're right, Nick. Drew Locke was was the new guy in town, you know, higher, um, I would say higher and more recent uh, draft status than Geno Smith, who was a second rounder in his own right, but had bounced around. He was really the journeyman that Baker Mayfield is now. So they let the process play out. Drew Locke turned the ball over more in the preseason. They gave the job to Geno Smith, who completed around 82% of his passes in the preseason when you when you factor in some of the drop passes. It proved to be the right call. They went all the way to week three of the preseason, the final preseason game in Dallas. And Seattle, which was picked to not go to the playoffs, went to the playoffs with Geno Smith, who made his first Pro Bowl at age 32 and was the NFL comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. So you look at the recent evidence, that process worked out. And there is something to what Dave Canales said. When you've got two guys that are wired to be the starter all the way through the summer, 
you're getting the best competition every day. It's not like Baker's the starter in the first day of training camp, and then all of a sudden Kyle Trask is resigned to that backup mentality, and he doesn't play or practice as hard, and Baker isn't pushed as much, right? So I see the merits to it. At the same time, in an ideal world, there is that argument to be made that preparing the starter, and if in this case, let's say it's Baker Mayfield, getting him more reps in training camp rather than splitting it, you know, 45-45 because you're going to give 10 to, to John Wolford. That makes more sense, too, because you, more reps, more throws to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, better timing, et cetera, for week one. But I don't know, man. I, I, I kind of like the true quarterback competition. What if Kyle Trask is better? Right. What if Baker Mayfield it looks good in training camp and then the lights come on and he throws a combined three or four interceptions in three games, and Kyle doesn't throw any. Maybe he only throws two touchdowns, but wasn't throwing pick six and, and turned the ball over. So I'm okay with the process. I am. Yeah, and I think there also the process, you know, is sends a bigger picture to your team as, as yeah. a culture setting device. It's like if if let's just say that Trask were were to outplay. Baker Mayfield in practice, yeah. and then the job is given to Baker Mayfield. Right. That everybody in the in the in the in the locker room is like, "What the hell just happened?" That's um, right. And, yeah. they, and they lose confidence in their coaching staff. Yes. They they they. What am I working hard out here in practice for? If the best guy's not going to win, what the hell is right. going on here? So yep. yeah, they, I think more than anything, this it has people are watching. Your players are watching yeah. how this whole thing develops, and they want a meritocracy. That's right. And I think it sends a bad message when you pick a guy and say, yeah. okay, just because he's got more experience, he's my right. guy. That's a very fair point. The other thing I'll add is something Dave Canales has actually said, and I agree with. His team is not waiting around to see who the starting quarterback is. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you got Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs up front. You got Rashad White, who's a promising young back. You got a defense that has, let's count the Pro Bowlers. Levante, David, Devin White, Antoine Winfield, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, uh, and then a couple of cornerbacks that are you know making over $13, $14 million a year. There, there's talent on this team. There's leaders on this team. They're not waiting around to say, who's going to lead us? No, there's plenty of leaders. And in this offense, the quarterback's going to be de-emphasized. Right. This is not a, we're going to lead the league in passing Bruce Arians type thing. And trust me, Tom Brady at age 45 did not want to lead the league uh, and set an NFL record for 490 completions in 733 attempts. Yeah. But that's what happened. This is going to be a more balanced attack. Um, you're not. You're the quarterback for the Buccaneers, whether it's Baker Mayfield or, or Kyle or, or uh, Kyle Trask, is going to be more of a point guard than a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. Distribute the ball. It's going to be more Brad Johnson than Tom Brady. Right. And that's okay. <laughs> and honestly. Not to you know, I've given some love to Baker Mayfield. When Jason Light drafted Kyle Trask, he kind of saw a little bit of Brad Johnson. Yeah. Uh, in you know, in Kyle Trask, bigger pocket passer, strong arm, um, not a real big rah rah guy. Kind of lead by example, you know. I mean, Brady was LFG, you know, yeah. and and you know, yelling and screaming. Brad Johnson was more stoic. He was the bull. He just stood there. And, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, Keenan McCardell, Joe Jervicious, Pittman out of the backfield, all-stock Ken Dilger. Yeah, yeah. Just, he was the trigger man that just made the offense 
win a Super Bowl. Uh, Scott Reynolds joining us here at Pewter Report. Um, you were out there and you watched these rookies play. Give me a little feeling on what you're seeing from some of these rookies. I'd say that the guys that have stood out to me from the rookies uh, on, on offense, Trey Palmer. <laughs> Trey Palmer looks legit. Uh, wow. And the funny thing is, is this is not a Scotty Miller, you know, go deep at that four three three speed, where he's really buttering his bread is is in the the end zone and, and in the red zone. He has emerged, you know, in, in the open practices, the three we've seen, he's caught more touchdown passes than any other receiver. He just gets open. He's got kind of a sudden quickness that Scotty Miller didn't have. With Miller, it wasn't more about quickness; it was straight line speed and. And, you know, Scotty Miller would beat you at the 15 to 20 yard mark down the field vertically. Trey Palmer's more instant acceleration. He's a bigger version of, of Devin Tompkins, who's like a little mighty mite. Yeah. But Trey, Trey Palmer is, is very good. Um, the other rookie, too, on offense is Cade Warner, this undrafted free agent. And I don't know that I'd be saying this if he went to KU, <laughs> um, but he went to K-State. And if he went to any other school, uh, I, I'd be singing his praises because he, he just gets open and catches the ball. I mean, that's at the end of the day, if you're a receiver, that's what you should do, get open and catch the ball. And he does that. Very, very smart, crafty guy. Reminds me of a little bit bigger, a little bit better version of Adam Humphreys. I think he's got a chance to stick as wide receiver six. He's not going to be the splashy, flashy kind of guy. He's going to be that workmanlike, you know, third and six, he'll get you seven yards, move the chains. Very valuable guy. Carl Williams, Carl the Truth Williams, back yeah, in the day, JP. Yeah, yeah. That type of guy, Adam Humphreys, you know, they, they have a place on a roster. And, and and I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it. On the defensive side, I would say the two guys that have really stood out to me so far, and remember, we're not in pads. So this is no knock, no knock on Cody Malk, right? No knock on collage you can't see mm-hmm. but you're not going to be able to really judge them until right. it gets nitty-gritty with the pads on in the trenches right yeah. so the guys i'm going to mention on defense that have stood out um Servasier dennis this guy looks like a legit nfl starting caliber linebacker and he will replace levante david or devin white which are whoever leaves the bucks first yeah he he's he's good man he is smart cerebral um, he's not the athlete that that Devin White is in terms of the sideline and sideline speed. That that's more like Jeremy Banks, the undrafted free agent out of Tennessee. That mm-hmm. linebacker, he's going to make the team too. I think Servassier is more of on a faster track to see action. Yeah, Yaya Diaby is the other one, man. Whew, this guy right here. Uh, <laughs> again, there's not much that you can judge in terms of. Of you know he's an outside linebacker, but he plays essentially defensive end. He's on the line of scrimmage. It's hard with the trench play. It's not fair to the tackles because they can't really block. Right? right. It's no no contact. But you see the athleticism. Yeah. You see the athleticism. Easy for me to say. And uh, sorry, I'm getting a little giddy talking about yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Oh my I God. am. Yeah. And it's not. You can't even say it, it has to be like yeah yeah Diaby. <laughs> like it has to be like a cool badass sounding name. I like that. So the thing I like about about Diaby is um, the, the the little bag drills. Okay, yeah. it's like, and you've seen it where the, where the, the it hit the, the, the pop up dummies, right? When he hits the bag, I don't care if it's front and center for the media or if there's stations at the opposite end of the end zone. First of all, you hear it. Second of all, the bag goes all the way to the ground, touches the grass, and then pops up. That's rare. Yeah. Like to hit the bag with enough force 
because you're, you know, you're like pop, 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 pop as you're going through the bags and working your way through. When he hits the bags, and I, I've got some video of this on our, I did a, a Facebook reel. So if you want to check out the Peter Report Facebook, okay. you will see it. It's it's rare that that happens. Okay, this guy, there's no finesse in his game. It is all power and all speed. And so while JTS is more that finesse pass rusher, think more like Simeon Rice, but not not as good, not yeah, yet. Yeah. This guy is more just like ass kicking, absolute power, and uh, he he really has the speed to power. Those are the two guys on defense. I think Chris Chris Izian. The Rutgers guy, yeah. I, I would not be surprised if he even beats out Josh Hayes from Kansas State for the nickel job. Oh, wow. He's looked really good. Kayvon Merriweather's another guy. He's going to stick, the Iowa safety. He's not going to start, but he'll stick, and I think he's an eventual player for this team. Nice. And so a mandatory OTAs coming up. You had mentioned Devin White there. Uh, yeah. We got a little bit of Todd Bowles. He kind of gave the answer but didn't directly mention Devin White. Yeah. But how did you kind of interpret that exchange, and if he doesn't show for mandatory OTAs, do you think there'll be a shift in the way the organization kind of plays out this whole thing? Well, you know, um, in talking to some people in the organization about this, they can. It, it's just like any coach. Whenever you have a holdout or, or somebody who's injured, it's like, you know, we're going to talk about the guys that are here. We're going to coach the guys that are on the field. You know, if you're here, we'll coach you. If not, then, you know, you're not, you're not being coached. The buck ship is, is not going to um, leave port without two linebackers, right? It's going to set sail with either Levante, David, and Devin White or Levante, David, and Servasier Dennis. It, it's, it's, just, it's that simple. If Devin wants to play, he'll show up, and then he'll start, and hopefully he'll have a good year for his sake and maybe for the team's sake if, if there's some mutual interest and wanting to stick together. If Devin ultimately wants to leave, then great. Give us your best. Make your money. And then go elsewhere, and we've already got your replacement on deck. Um, or maybe if, if you play really, really well and we want you to stay and, and all is forgiven and you want to stay, then, then we'll do it. But, again, the ball's in his court, and that's fine. But the thing is, is he can't leave the court. He can't pick up the ball and go home. Because if he, if he does that, then he, he's still in the same boat because he's not going to accrue a year towards free agency. In other words, if he wants to hold out the entire year, then instead of it being, you know, hitting free agency at, at age 26, he'll be hitting free agency at, at age 27. And he will have to play next year in Tampa Bay under the exact same fifth-year option amount, of, which is $11.706 million, and he'll have gained nothing. If anything, he probably would have lost a starting job because they'll be starting Servasier Dennis in his place. So... Either way, it's going to work out uh, for the Buccaneers. I, I feel like they have their replacement on deck now. And I, listen, I, I know I'm talking this kid up, but I'd be shocked if he comes out and just craps the bed in training camp or the preseason. He just just feels like like a like a, a, a gamer, right? He's got kind of like that cerebral mentality that, that a Levante David has, yeah. th that a Hardy Nickerson had, that a Derek Brooks had, just kind of gets it. Understands the big picture. Pro, pro. He's a pro. A pro's pro, yeah. exactly. Yeah, early on. Uh, we had a question about uh, do you think the Bucks will sign Dalvin Cook? I'm like, no. Eh, they, they don't no. have the money. They don't have any money. Yeah, they don't have the money <laughs> to have sign money. Dalvin Cook. We'd love to have him. Yeah. We, we had our chance the first time. That's right. The That's draft. right. They chose O.J. Howard instead. Uh, yeah, worked out really well. Um, now, it, it's, 
you know, they're going to ride with who they have this year. This is the, the get well year from the salary cap standpoint. Um, and there'll still be some residual dead cap money next year. It's, not, it's just not going to be $75 million worth of cap money because $35 million of that Tom Brady's money will be off the books by then, thankfully. So they'll have a little bit more room to, to breathe. So there'll be less dead cap money. Plus, you're going to see the cap increase. So the Buccaneers won't be back to normal, like where we can buy whoever we want. Right. But they, they will be able to um, not just shop the clearance aisle anymore. Right. Right. They'll be able to buy things uh, in the store. Yeah, and I and I think they they obviously believe in Rashad White. We believe in Rashad White, and I know you mm-hmm. do. And y'all had him on uh, your your podcast. What was it last week? I believe yeah. on mm-hmm. an episode. Last Thursday. Uh, yeah. What did, what was your takeaway of speaking with Rashad? Who I know you're always impressed by just the way he he carries himself. But what did he have to say about the new offense? Uh, and and just how'd that go? Yeah, he loves the new offense. He really does. And and I'll tell you what. Um, I don't like offense because I'm a defensive minded guy. To me, offense is like a means to an end. Like yeah, you got to score points to win. I get it. But I tell you, man, I, I've not been as impressed with an offensive showing as I was watching last Tuesday's OTA. The creativity that Dave Canales um, had on a, a couple of plays, and I really can't get into de- de- to, to, you know, great detail because of uh, you know, the practice rules about watching practice and all that stuff, but just the formations, the shifts, the motion, these are things that, that I, I have not seen on a Buccaneers practice field before. And it was just, it wasn't like, like, like offense, 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 wrinkle, offense, offense. It was like wrinkle, 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 offense, offense, wrinkle, 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 wrinkle. It was just like winning plays, catching the defense off guard, catching the defense confused. And uh, it was, it was refreshing. It was, it was really refreshing to see. It's almost kind of like remember when you're watching um, Avengers Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're they're getting their butts kicked by Thanos at the end, and all of a sudden Captain America, you know, gets Mjolnir, you know, the Thor's hammer, you know, and starts going to town on Thanos, and you're like, what the hell is happening? Like, what what am I witnessing right here? Right? Then all of a sudden the portals open up, and like all of the dead superheroes come back, and it's on. <laughs> it's kind of like what this new offense is, like like. It's impressive, and if it if they get the right trigger man and it functions and they don't turn the ball over, this offense is really, really, really going to surprise people. Now, I I I like the scheme, I like the design, I like everything. There is an art to play calling, and that's the one thing we don't know about Dave Canales yet. And there's going to be some some on the job learning and some on the job mistakes made. And, mm-hmm. and some games are going to be pretty, and some are going to be ugly. And you have to kind of I know there's going to be growing pains going in, but there's something about this guy that he makes you believe. And if if he makes other people believe, he has to have his own Mm. inner sense of belief, self-belief. And I just think that at some point in time, Kyle Shanahan had to start calling plays. And Zach Taylor had to start calling plays, right? And and all of these, these, Mike McDaniel had to start calling plays. It starts somewhere. And I'm not saying Dave Canales is going to necessarily be those guys, but I'm not saying he's not either. Right. If if he can have some maestro performances and call the right plays and the right sequences, because that's important, this offense is going to be better this year than it was last year when they had Tom Brady at quarterback. And I know, and people can't believe that, especially the national yeah. media. Oh, you subtract Tom Brady, well, they're going to suck yeah. you worse. And here's the thing. Works. I, 
I'm not saying this team is going to win any more than nine games. I, I feel like nine is, is a good nine, number nine, for them. Nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And I'm not saying they're going to win the division and make the playoffs. But the Bucks are not going to be as bad as people think they're going to be. And I'm telling you right now, you, you talk to these players um, on or off the record, and you mentioned the doubters and the NFL power rankings oh, and the Bucks are going to draft Caleb Williams next year and stuff, and they just smile. They love it. They just have this smile like, come okay. on. They still got to play the games. Keep, still got to play the games. Keep down. That, sh- right. that chip's going to be even bigger. Now, I don't know if you want to answer this now, but um, we, we did this exercise last week. It's kind of fun. Okay. Um, so it, I know you have the pewter report crystal ball underneath the table there. Sure. You want to I do. Yeah. Dust it off. I don't know if you want to do yeah. it now. But we it's almost like a magic week. eight ball. Yeah. So go ahead. And I, I would love to have you write a column on this as well. All right. So we did this thing. What, we, what did we call it? Uh, our Super Bowl. You have you do your game plans for the season. This is like a Super Bowl game plan. Okay. So like, what bones of this team are here right now that you mm-hmm. believe will? lead us to the next Super Bowl? Like, what do you, What players will develop into those guys? Like, yeah. I always think you need between 9, 10, and 11 yeah. pro bowlers on yep. a team to win a Super Bowl. Those guys totally that make agree. a difference. Uh, so you got to have that number. If you go back and look at the Bucks teams that have won it, that's about right. where they are. It's a sweet spot. So yeah. it, do we have the coach? Do we have the quarterback? Do we have the outside rusher? Do we have right. the leaders on deep? Like, which part of this team? Like, obviously, Levante David's not going to be part of the next Super Bowl champion Buccaneers team is Devin yeah. White. So yeah. I, I kind of, it's like, do how do we move? If you had a crystal ball, which players are going to be here? Do we have those guys yet to do that? So you can take that now or you can take it for next week and cook it I'll, up I'll, in the I'll lab. I'll take it for next week, but my, my initial impression is this. The Bucks will rise or fall depending on how the last two draft classes perform. And I say that because I really like the Bucks' last two draft classes. I really do. But there's still some big ifs, right? right? They're, they're, like Logan Hall is a big if. Luke Gedeke is a big if. Mm-hmm. Um, if those guys can, can hit, because I'll tell you what, my experience with the Super Bowl, and you go back and look at the 2002 Buccaneers, not much different than the 2001 Buccaneers, right, other than John Gruden and, yeah. and a couple of different pieces on offense. Yep. And certainly not much different than the 1999 Buccaneers defensively, right? But it wasn't, you know, the Buccaneers lost to the Rams in 99. They also got lost to the Eagles in 2000, 2001 in the first round with those, you know, those, those losses to the Eagles had Mike Allstott, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Brian Kelly, mm-hmm. Simeon Rice, okay? Um, they had all of those, Brad Johnson, yeah. they had all of those players the year before. And, and they had all of the A players. So I, I'm with you. You have to have your superstars, and the superstars got to show up. But to me, where the Bucks made the Super Bowl and won it in 2002, and it wasn't just John Gruden. I, mean, I think he was a spark. Yeah. But, but it, was, um, it was taking C players and replacing them with B players. In other words, the Greg Spires, the Dwight Smiths, um, those players, the the Kerry Jenkins at left guard, the Roman Oban, right? Those players that replaced C's, C-level talent, with B-level talent, that's what got the Buccaneers over the hump. Because the Buccaneers were good enough all those years with all their A players to get into the Super Bowl. But other teams, notably the Eagles, 
picked on those weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't that the Buccaneers' A players lost the game. It was the Buccaneers' C players and D players lost the game. And when you fortify your weaknesses, right, then that's where you succeed, right? It, it, what, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were, were great in 2019. Go back and look at the stats with Jameis Winston throwing the ball. But it wasn't just replacing Jameis with Brady. It was replacing Brashard Perriman with Antonio Brown. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. it, it, it was replacing, uh, you know, whoever, the, it, was, it was upgrading Cam Brate to Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the little subtle adjustments that, that, are, that are there because great teams can take away other great teams, great players. Right. Yeah. It's and a, then it's, then like it's the third line uh, in it, hockey. The third, uh, yeah, line, in third line in hockey. Third line in hockey. Look, yeah. last night, as, as well as, as, as Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray played, getting 15 points in the second half from, from Christian uh, Brown, the rookie from KU. I mean, he, he was the X Scott factor Reynolds in that game. Down the NBA Finals now for us too. Good God, bro! We have Go Nuggets, you, man! We have to yeah, pay you, I'm pay all you about triple it. now. All right, yeah. brother. Uh, thanks so much. Um, we got Casey Hudson waiting on deck, so we'll awesome. Say Love thank, Casey. thank you, uh, Scotty, and uh, you guys know where to get everything on Peter Report. They're the best. Yeah, Peter Report, PeterReport.com, Peter Report uh, TV on YouTube. Yeah. There we go. Thanks, buddy. You're the best. You I'll it. look forward to that column too. That'll be fun. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks, Scott Reynolds of the Peter Report. Um, We'll, we got to take a quick break, and then Casey Hudson will join us. We'll uh, pay our bills here with our fine sponsors. Casey will be back to talk some. She'll want to talk some bucks, I know, but also we'll talk some uh, NHL Stanley Cup finals without our lightning, but still somewhat interesting, and we'll talk some lightning as well. So lots coming up with Casey Hudson. Stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? 
Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go! Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Brought to you by the great folks at Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. Great folks over there. I work with them during our, our Pro Padel. So you got my PPL hat on. Uh, Extravaganza Production out there. So if you have any, any meetings, uh, charity events, or anything that you need a great production company to help you out, they are the ones to go to. ExtravaganzaProductions.com. All right, let's uh, bring in our good friend Casey Hudson, who is uh, now doing some national work for the NHL on a, uh, a really cool uh, website. I know you're doing this uh, um, on the Believe Network. Tell me a little bit about your new gig here, Casey. What's going on? Um, good to see you again. Got a new show called, I know, it's been so long. Yes. Um, hope you guys have been good. Yeah. It's called Casing the League, and like you said, it's now uh, NHL as a whole versus just the Lightning, but the Lightning is still my focus. Because um, with that, now it's more betting focus, so I'll do best bets for every game throughout Stanley Cup Finals, um, kind of top headlines for each and every one of the teams, like trade conversations. We've got so many coaching shuffles taking place, at least throughout the Northeast right now. So yeah, it's just kind of expanding and learning that much more, and getting to geek out about hockey uh, a little further than the Tampa Bay Lightning. But Believe has been amazing. Um, a lot of great connections and networking there and a lot of great feedback so that I can continue to just grow this craft. That's awesome. I, I was going to say, I was at the uh, the new Melting Pot social place downtown last weekend, and I turned around at the bar, and I saw your face next to the two other guys, who I can't remember <laughs> what their names were, but y'all were right there on TV. So I guess y'all oh, broadcast on a station as well, and it was on at the bar there. Yeah, Stadium TV. So I've got to, because of Believe, I've got connected with a few other people to kind of hop on and talk, you know, hockey and Stanley Cup. But Cam Rogers and Brandon Lane is who I work with for um, Believe Me. It, it runs on Stadium TV, but now Believe just signed a contract with FUBU TV. So they're going to start pulling over certain shows to run on FUBU. But um, like Samsung Plus, you know how if you have like the free streaming on there, Believe has like two or three channels with all the free streamings. So that's really cool. Good job. Good, great stuff. Well, um, Thanks, guys. well, that's why we had you on. So we, we recognize your <laughs> incredible talent, and um, we wanted to get you back on, but you've been so busy. All right, so let's get down to, to business here. I, I want to talk a little lightning first because, um, you know, there, there, there's some things that are going to happen in this offseason. We were talking with Corey Long the other day who covers the lightning for NHL, and he just he dropped a couple nuggets. He said, he said uh, Taylor Janot, they're going to re-sign him. Uh, Kalorn's not coming back. And who was the guy they said they were going to trade? He said he mentioned Ross Colton. He thought that they might yeah. trade Ross Colton. Um, what are your What are your thoughts? I think I think I think he's pretty spot on with all that stuff. What do you think? 
I know. Corey just has that, like, dog whispering ear where he catches <laughs> the things ahead of time. I'll give him credit for yes. that. Um, Ross Colton, I believe I was already hearing rumblings about in terms of the trade market because they can also come up with a nice deal to send him back home uh, to New Jer- the New Jersey area. So Ross doesn't surprise me. Um, while, you know, I think he'll be missed in many ways, I think that his production level probably didn't increase as much as the Lightning were hoping that it was. Yeah. Um, and then the Kalorn part is just hard because there's no cap space, and obviously he deserves a huge payout. I kind of defended this differently a couple months ago because he is a smart guy. I think that he's not the kind of player that's just been um, – you know, frivolous with his money and stuff. He went to Harvard. I'm sure he's making the right investments, but it is an opportunity for him to get a different kind of payout to retire properly. I was hearing a little differently, though, that there may have been decent restructures in order for Alex Kalorn to maybe stick around and just giving him that long deal where the payout just, you know, builds over time so that he can get what he deserves and stay in a Lightning jersey. So that one I'm not so definitive of just yet. Um, and then Tanner Janot, I think that he was getting too much criticism because people were expecting him to come in and turn into a 24-goal guy right away. Right. But they're not realizing that even though Coach Cooper says 10 games to get acclimated, it's still completely different. And after you see what Brandon Hagel did over time, I would never question a player coming in and not making an immediate difference. So I love the physicality that Janot brings, but also... I like his two-way style of play, and I think with this slight realignment that the Lightning have to start building out, that Tanner Janot is a perfect puzzle piece for that. So, and to think of the injury that he played through and still made True. an impactful yep. difference, like that, just tells you the kind of grit that you have on a guy who's going to play, I think, decent longevity hockey for this team. Casey, when you look at, uh, you know, let's let's presume Vegas is going to win the cup um, because with their goal differential that they've put forth in the first couple of games, if you look historically, like six other teams have had that or better and or slightly better, and they've all gone on to win the cup. It shows a sign of dominance um, over the Panthers that is is pretty evident. But anything can happen. Uh, that so that said, what do you see in Vegas? that the Lightning can steal from? Uh, what are they doing well that maybe the Lightning need to pick up their game um, at and, and do better? Well, they're playing very well in all three zones, but more specifically their D zone. Yeah. Their defense wasn't talked about enough heading into this series matchup. And I know we saw some great things out of the Florida Panthers, or I should say surprising things. I think the element of surprise that the Florida Panthers delivered kind of started to nullify how well Vegas was actually playing. I was looking into this, kind of comparing both series or both conferences, and Vegas has faced more offensively high-powered teams than Florida has. So the Hurricanes were a big conversation, but it's because they had one of the best defenses in the NHL. Their injury-ridden roster didn't help them produce offensively that consistently and that strong. So to think of what the Vegas Golden Knights have weathered in terms of shots on goal on top of goals four is completely different than the Florida Panthers. They have bigger defensemen. They're playing great hockey in front of their goaltender. They're not relying on Aiden Hill to bail them out of a lot of situations, even though he's standing on his head between the pipes and coming up huge with some big saves. That's not what it comes down to with every game. And they can still respond offensively to counteract what their defense is doing. The Florida Panthers have been bailed out of a number of situations because of Rogowski, and their defensemen are playing 20-plus minutes, so they're the time on ice alone has helped keep them in games, but they haven't responded offensively the way that Vegas has, and I think that that was underestimated heading into this matchup. And when you look at Florida, I mean, they're not the first kind of eight-seed or lower-seeded team to go on a run like this. We've seen this before. The Kings are a great example. Even the Lightning's first cup, Calgary got all the way there, and they were a seven-seed that year. 
uh, I believe. But to be on that magic run they were on and all the momentum they were carrying, and then they had to sit around and they had to wait for a pretty good margin there. Do you think that may have that may come into this a little bit? That sometimes that steam can you can get lost a little bit when you have this time off and they get back into the series, and especially the game plan that Vegas has had against Matthew Kachuk, who. I just think he's been taken out of this series, quite frankly. What's been your take on that? Oh, absolutely. See, initially, I didn't think that the rest was going to hurt the Panthers. But then when I think about it and when I compare it to the Tampa Bay Lightning, sometimes teams thrive under that consistent pressure. I mean, the first thing that was taken away from them was their success on the road. They were on an eight consecutive win streak on the road and then bailed out of that. And that was going to give them an edge being in Vegas. So I think that they were thriving under the consistent pressure of having to play and produce. And yes, them, their ability to take away Matthew Kachuk, it's great to have a guy who's a muscle on the ice. And I think that Kachuk has looked at more physically than for what he can actually do with his puck management. We started to see that balance out a little bit more. But what they started to do was figure out ways to mentally take Kachuk out of the game because he's making so many mistakes to where he's either in the penalty box or heading down the tunnel so on top of isolating him in play they're also getting him to beat himself and not be able to stay on the ice to contribute to help his team he went from one of the most productive lines to kind of handing that crown over to the Duclair Barkov and Lundell line so they also don't have four functional lines they rely on their top six a lot where Vegas has four spectacular lines they can produce and come up strong at any moment and they also have nine different scores over on that roster versus the Florida Panthers so I think the rest did hurt them a little bit I thought that they were going to come in and kind of use the same problem-solving methods. Matthew Kachuk pisses somebody off and then kind of helps turn the puck over. But you got a guy like Barbashev who's equally as strong as a two-way player. He can be physical. We saw what he did for the Blues. He's got 59 hits right now, so he's even topping Kachuk in that line. Um, and we saw him take Gudis out of the game the other night. So I think right. they also underestimated some of the muscle that they have if they wanted to play that physical mental battle. So uh, Gudis is back tonight, I think. Um, uh, uh, he's coming back for game three. I think I saw that. Uh, and h- how does that hit on Eichel? Um, sometimes big hits like that can change a series, but I think the way Eichel handled it kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of, it kind of neutralized what a kind of effect that, of course, Vegas going on to, to crush him doesn't, doesn't hurt. But sometimes those things can be series changers, but it doesn't appear that way with that hit. What do you think? Yeah, thankfully, because we know that Eichel had, you know, hand surgery or had that big surgery. And, of course, protecting your body and not getting hit in those areas, is, yeah. is I think that's what made it scarier, you know, because of where he just recovered and then where the hit took place. But I will say it was a clean hit because he was falling. And I think about when I get emotional in football, and you've heard me rant about this on you guys' show before. Like, if a guy's in motion, they can't do anything. Right. Chuck was already in motion. Right. It's not like he picked up pace and, like, went to target him as he was falling. and. Eichel was falling. So it is something that can also be a momentum swing because then in that moment where some people who just, you know, are emotionally attached to their team are like, that was such a shit hit and da-da-da, like they get so wound up in it where it was a clean hit and I think it just kind of takes the attention away from hockey itself and the guys can kind of get caught up in that too. But I loved Eichel's response after. It's hockey on top of it. It's Stanley Cup final hockey. It's got to get that much more pressured on top of it. And, and I'll, by the way, when you speak to Vegas, I mean, the success they've had, obviously, through their first six years, and I kind of bring the lightning into the equation a little bit because those have been the two most successful teams during the last six years in the NHL, and it really hasn't been close. And we know what the lightning do. They get very aggressive when they make deals, right? 
and we know the whole history. Like they don't have any first round picks from the last decade that are you know playing on this team. <laughs> Vegas, I don't even think they have one draft pick on their team that they drafted and developed. They've gone, they've been aggressive. Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Petrangelo, and and some of those other guys. Is that just kind of an example? Like the league is going this way, where I don't want to say f the draft picks, but f the <laughs> draft picks, right? Yeah. Well, kind of, because think about the developmental stage. And I think it's also changing now how long it takes for a guy to get acclimated into a system or how much he's going to make a difference. Um, so when you can get those veteran presents just to kind of plug and play, depends on where your puzzle piece is at. But I think a lot of teams are just kind of on that cuff of where they need enough veteran experience and guys who can help cross them over the line. I mean, also, look at how many guys are from the Blues Stanley Cup uh, team on yeah. Vegas Golden Knights, number one, and they have seven different guys who have won the Stanley Cup on their roster as well. So I always compliment the Lightning, and especially this past season, because they have so many different leaders and leadership styles. I've always loved the fact that at any moment they can turn to any of six, seven, eight, nine guys with different leadership styles to pull on and get them through big games and big moments. And I think that that's something very similar and parallel to the Vegas Golden Knights roster. So many different leadership styles styles so many different leaders and they can touch on any one of them at any moment to just kind of help inspire and move them along and then of course just to build off of that Jonathan Marchesso is the headline of of this series and he's you know I think of him in the type Tampa Bay Lightning jersey I think of what he developed at the Syracuse Crunch his numbers in the AHL for one his call up mm -hmm. and how well he did when he got the tap on the shoulder then yeah he went to the Florida Panthers but his time there was brief the development didn't happen with the Panthers. It happened with the Lightning. And now he's finding that success and that momentum in his career. Very well deserved. I've loved Marchie since he was in the AHL. Great stuff, Casey. Before you go, though, um, you know, I've had a bad run in gambling. It's been bad. I mean, I, I bet on Shane McClanahan in the race to be up by a run in Chicago last week because I was going to the game and I wanted you know pay for my tickets. I like doing you that. You were. Right? right, yeah, it was fun. So it was there with my son, I'm like, all right, I'm going to bet – this is, a, this is an easy bet. You know, the late Rays were shut out the night before. They got The Cubs had some scrub on the mound. McClanahan, all they got to do is be up one run, or half, you know, one run at the fifth inning. It's a freaking layup. Well, of course, what happens? The bat, Rays' bats go silent. Shane loses his first game of the year because I bet on him. I mean, it's a disaster. So I'm just going to start relying on smart people to tell me who to bet. So give me some, <laughs> give me some bets. Give me tonight some bets. So I can make I'll some money say. and get back to even, for God's sakes. When I finally decided to even look at, at some baseball betting is when they were playing the Cubs. And it was like per, the predictions heading into that. It was like a shoe-in for certain things, runs, all this yeah. stuff. They were topping them by runs by almost like two plus. And then I saw game one happen. And I was like, no, I'm not touching this. Um <laughs> But hockey, I got you. And uh, as for bets, some of my best bets for tonight, I got, my I got Anthony Duclair over half a point at a plus 110. Okay. Um, because, like I said, Duclair's line has been the most reliable line so far, the highest productive line, five high-danger chances in game two, seven scoring chances. And between Lundell and Duclair, they're the only two getting anything done. I don't know where Verhage's been this series. He would have been a larger conversation beforehand. Riley Smith. His, he has the second highest producing line for the Vegas Golden Knights, but also if they do start isolating Jonathan Marchesso or Barkov or Eichel, it's William Carlson. I hate this guy's name. Amadio, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, you got it right. Amadio, yeah. something like that. Him and Smith that come in so hot, and then you just see that William Carlson does so well producing rushes. So I've got Riley Smith for over half a point at a plus 100. 
Love the value. Just have a point is easy for these guys to land. Marchesto, yep. um, anytime gold because why fix what isn't broken? Right. Montour, I have for an anytime gold tonight because he's been one of the ultimate responders when Matthew Kachuk gets silenced. It's Montour who continues to pace his team for shots on goal, and he landed two goals on the Boston Bruins when they need to start swinging the series in their favor. So those are my uh, four top best bets tonight. And highest scoring period, second period out of plus 300 because both teams have most goals in the second period. Highest scoring period, second period, plus 300. That's a yep. good bet. I like that. There's value there. Uh, all right, cool stuff, Casey. Where, where can we find you? Uh, so the Believe Network, right? Just go go to your Twitter and you can get, we yes. can find everything there. Everything is there at the Sports Case, K-A-S-E. It's My show is Casing the League with a K on Believe Network. And as JP just said, you can find everything over on Twitter. It's all the same. Great stuff, Casey. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll see Good you soon. Good to see you guys. Thanks. Congratulations yes. on the show. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. Did you write all that down? Did you get that? You, I got it in my head, but I know if I forget, I you, you've got it all written yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, going to the website right after the show. That way I, I can just blame Casey instead of my stupid betting. You are bad at this. You are really, really bad at this. It's just it's it's so weird. Like when I'm doing when I'm doing picks, and, you know, and I'm not betting my money, I crush it. But when I start laying the money down, I mean, I've had good years. Don't get me wrong. But this last year has been not my best. Not my best. And it goes in cycles. You know, it goes. You get hot. You get. But I mean, there are just certain things like you look at and you go, Oh my God, that's a layup. That's a li- never. It's gambling. That's why. First of all, I would never bet on baseball. I just wouldn't. I would keep baseball you know, in the dark. One the, that's one of the. I don't know if I've ever bet on baseball. I don't. I time. don't really like yeah. consider baseball one of the big hub sports to bet on. Like the NFL is easy. You could bet on that. But I think the NBA is almost like the second behind that, right? Yeah. When it comes to betting, I feel like I, MLB is so difficult. Basketball, I don't like betting because the point spreads are just so. You know, things that happen at the end of games, you know, bad beats, because nobody cares. Like, well, hopefully nobody cares. I, I, wonder what, I wonder what last night was the bet for Jokic should go 30, 20, and 10. Well, I wonder what nuggets, that would have been. The Nuggets were two-and-a-half-point favorites last night, so they covered easily. Well, I would have taken that in the You know what? I, was, I even said on the show, I'm going to bet on the Nuggets, and then I got busy and, and forgot to bet on the Nuggets. And, of course, they won. Had I bet on the Nuggets, then they would have lost. That's just the way this works. Yeah. So... Um, you know, I'm saying I'm thinking about Game Four. I, I like the you know, I like the Nuggets again. I'll see what the spread is, but um, you know, but that's typically a game where you know Miami's going to come back. They're going to play with great energy. Are they? I, I mean, from the beginning, I was you know I, I, I like the Nuggets in five from the very beginning. I still will say the Nuggets in five. Um, but anyway, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about that series. Um, I got to get to a couple other big stories. The Cincinnati Reds are, are a really cool story. Um, watching their highlights last night, that place was going bonkers. They've got a couple of young players that are just unbelievable. And and I'm, a larger discussion coming up here, like when is baseball going to get it about these younger players, these younger, cheaper players? Like the union, the union has to do something about these salaries. My God, it's ridiculous. So we'll hit all that when we come back. We're brought to you by the great folks at the Gold and Diamond Source. Father's Day is coming up. We like shiny things, too. I need a new watch. Uh, go to the Gold and Diamond Source. They've got great new new Rolexes, used Rolexes, all kinds of great stuff you will find there for your dads at the Gold and Diamond Source. 3800 Omerton Road, always online at thegolddiamondsource.com. Back in three.
Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. 
I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. And so for the second time tonight, they bring the winning run to the plate. And Muffley with the grab to steal the home run ball. Or excuse me, Mudge. What a play by Kaylee Mudge. Oklahoma is in shock right now. I mean, this is how you do it, folks. You want to rob a home run and save the game. This was the game. Look at her get up and take this back. Kaylee Mudge, FSU's left fielder, keeping the game uh, somewhat in reach, but eventually they would fall 5 to nothing to Oklahoma, who wins their 52nd consecutive game. Uh, going back to what last year, uh, and they beat Florida State a couple of years ago in the national finals. They will go for the uh, the sweep tonight. Oklahoma will. That's tonight, right? That's tonight. Hopefully, Sandra Cock is back on the mound. Yep, did not appear yesterday in the game, which was interesting. <laughs> well, uh, I can't even remember her name right now. I'm drawing a blank. The head coach, uh, Alma- Almani. Um, gosh, L- Lonnie. Yeah, you shoot her. Her. Sorry. <laughs> her. Her. <laughs> I knew that she was going to you knew she was going to be asked about it after the game and she kind of said what I was thinking like FSU didn't have a lead in the game. Yeah. So she didn't want to waste pitches from her best arm in a game where the offense I think they had resigned that they were just Why were not going to score. The game, <clears throat> That's fair because Oklahoma trotted out their ace right. Jordy Ball who was fantastic. Fantastic. Of course when the, when the ump is giving you strikes like you just showed me Egregious. Absolutely egregious all night, the ump. And it was tilted one side? For the most part. FSU got a break at some point in the game on a check swing that was very clear that she did. the girl did not go, yeah. and they called her out on strikes, and it wasn't close. But all around, the umpiring did not have a good night last night. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, you know, it's Oklahoma's just a juggernaut, and they're kind of – I don't want to say they're playing at home, but it's in Oklahoma City. A um, lot, of, lot, of, lot of Noel fans there. But, look, they're, they're a really good team. FSU's going to – I don't know how they're going to win this. I don't, I don't think it's, they can. It's tough. So. I don't think anybody can right now. Yeah, they're just really, really good. But I'll be watching tonight as FSU will – like, Sander Cox is going to start tonight, I would hope. I would assume. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't have any other options, I don't I think. think You've got to put your best pitcher out there. Just pitch the perfect game. I think I would put her out there in an elimination game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Kaylee Mudge has been just absolutely phenomenal for, for the Knowles for a couple of years now. So we'll see if they can they can win it. Um, and the Gators are going to play in the Super Regionals against South Carolina, mm-hmm. I believe, in Gainesville. And um, a pitcher from Eastlake, uh, Slater, uh, saw a nice article in the, in the Times today about, about him. Um, his dad is the head trainer at the, at the Buccaneers. So... Good luck to the Gators as they hopefully can uh, get back to the College World Series and, and to the Knowles tonight. Um, all right, we mentioned a little bit about the the, the NBA game last night. Uh, Jamal Murray and Jokic were absolutely phenomenal uh, in their two-man game. 
I think uh, the Heat shot, what, 29% again from three-point land after having that anomaly uh, 49% shooting in game two. Uh, you know, as, as we said, the Nuggets are just the better team. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it last night because I was uh, hosting the Tampa Sports Club uh, banquet, banquet last night, which I'm going to get to here in a second. But you, your impressions, of, uh, and I saw a lot of the coverage this morning, and it's, it, it seems like Denver picked up their defense as well. They, were, they, were, they contested the three-pointers to a 60% level, and that made a difference in terms of the heat shooting, obviously. I thought it was very simple last night. The Nuggets had much more intensity to bring to the table than the Heat did, especially in the second half, because it was kind of close. I think it was like 53-48 going into the half, and the Heat had some runs where they were up, and they were kind of going back and forth. But the second half, I mean, the Nuggets completely took over, and this whole kind of thing that they've been talking about, just making Jokic a score, make him a scorer and stop the other guys and you'll win. Well, not only did he do his thing last night, but Jamal Murray goes and matches him. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Two guys go for a stat line like that in the same game, let alone in an NBA Finals. I thought that was, uh, that's right there. It's that simple. That was the story of the game. Miami couldn't make their three-point shots. And that's the problem that I, I have with the Heat. I really want them to be able to pull this out. I really do. But they just have a lot of guys who... On a night-to-night basis, I just don't know if the shots are going to fall. Right. And I just think kind of how Boston kind of ran that same offense against them in that series and went cold for four of the seven games, I think that's where Miami's at right now. You just can't play offense like that, I don't think. Mm-mm. And I think Jimmy, he was, he was good last night, but I don't think Jimmy Butler has been as effective as he was in the first two rounds plus right now. So, and there's, no, there's just no... There's no guarding Nikola Jokic. It's that's, he's the best player in this series. It's really not close. And Miami has no answer. They have no Anything answer. he wants to do, he's going to do. Yeah. I, I, I just I want to bet on the Nuggets again for game four. But. Well, let's see if Tyler Harrow comes back in this game. Yeah, is, he, is he expected? I mean, they <laughs> talked about him coming back in game three. He's, he's taking contact in practice now. I mean, obviously – he could be a huge lift to the Miami Heat. I mean, especially with his three-point shooting. Yeah, but, I mean, we've seen this stuff before happen in finals. You bring somebody in that hasn't been around in a long time. It can almost, it's tough to get up to speed. It's tough to get level. up to speed, and it can almost mess up kind of the system that they've already been implementing and running. In an NBA finals, is that too big of a risk? Like, I wouldn't give Tyler Hero 30 minutes right away. No. no. I think at best you're lucky to get, like, what, 15-minute cameos out of him mm-hmm. a night? Yeah. And hope that he can knock down some shots? But again, he's in that same tier, though. He's another guy who is really reliant on hitting his three-point shots to be right. as effective. Right. Um, all right, some other Rays news. Uh, they lose another arm. Calvin Fauché is going on the injured list. Um, they just brought back, um, who was it, Armstrong, who looks great. But and now Yanni, they, Yanni Chirinos. Chirinos is brought up today to start the game today uh, with 12.30 start against the Twins, <laughs> and that leaves Glass now to start tomorrow night against yep. the Rangers. And what was a highly anticipated series, and because you know, I'm sure the nation wants to see this, and it'll be on Sunday Night Baseball. Oh no! Don't even get me started. Yeah, on I this. guess who's on Sunday Night Baseball? <laughs> the Yankees and the Red Sox. Oh, the Yankees and the Red Sox. Oh, Shocking. Oh, and by the way, next Sunday night. And the Sox suck. Next Sunday night, by the and way. No Aaron Judge either. Yeah. Next Sunday night, it's also the Yankees and the Red Sox. Really? Yeah. Wow. And the week after that, guess what it is. The, Dodgers. the Cubs and the Cardinals. Cubs and the Cardinals. The two last place teams in the NL Central. Yeah, but it's the Cubs and the Cardinals. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, heritage. Just baseball. Yeah. It oozes oh. it. Midwest. Mm. Oh. Oh. 
come on, like baseball, let's get with it. Like, do you see, do you see what was going on in, the, in Cincinnati last night? It's a party. It's a party. These, these young kids, um, Ellie De La Cruz, as I said, did I say that right? You got it. I mean, he hit a home run last night that is still going. <laughs> At 456 feet, 115 exit velocity. And then they walk it off with uh, Wes Benson. And before the game, Joe Burrow's out there hitting hitting home runs. By the way, did you see Joe Burrow? Jacked. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely has put on some muscle Jacked. This year. Like his whole face, his whole frame. Like, I'm like, who's that dude? Wow. Can I play this Ellie De La Cruz home run real yes, quick? Yes, please do. Because the call do. on this, by the it's way, fantastic. is fantastic. Anticipation to see what... Oh, goodness! <laughs> What's funny about that, <laughs> that ball the ball had a family and then just silence. You, you just need to drop the mic after that one. <clears throat> but what's so funny about this is he almost he hit this ball literally to the last row where there are seats yeah. in this stadium. And if you've seen Great American Ballpark, I, I don't, it has to be like the, the most seats I think there is in a stadium in like an outfield. Like it yeah. goes up yeah. a lot. <clears throat> and it lands next to four kids who are like in high school. Yeah. Right, and they're like all jacked up. We got the ball, and it was Summertime. so it was so funny. It looked like interrogation. Then, in like later in the innings, you had all these Reds people go all the way up there, and they're sitting there, and they're all having a discussion about how they can get the ball back. And if I'm the high schoolers, I mean, I'm holding out for a oh super my. king's ransom. Oh my god, yes. So I don't even know if they gave the ball back or what happened there, but. Lucky right there. They probably paid what, like ten dollars for that ticket, if that. If that. And then they probably walk out with. Thousands, I would assume. Oh, my. It's so, I mean, think about that. Like, what's the negotiation there? A bunch of grown-ups, like with a bunch of high school kids. And are they texting, like, <laughs> like let me call my dad. Let me see what he says. I hope they were mature enough to negotiate a good deal is my I concern. I hope so, too. And if they got a bad deal, shame on those grown-ups. Shame on those grown-ups. Have we, get, have we seen any reporting on this yet? I haven't, no. I'm going yeah. to do some research on like, that. Like, what in but... the name of Marge Shot are those guys doing? <laughs> like you better be, you better give them season tickets, right? I want season tickets for all four of us. Were there four guys? Yeah, or four kids. I need season tickets, even in the outfield, for all four of us for this year and next year. All right? I need four signed bats by L.A. De La Cruz. I need four signed bats. <laughs> I need four signed baseballs. What else do I need? I need a lot. I'm watching. I'm watching the video of the uh, the whole thing, and the kid that has the ball. Oh, you gotta retweet the that. kid that has the ball. He literally crosses his arms and is just standing there like that, and he's got the ball in his pocket and he's chewing gum. He's got the whole entire look like, yeah, you want this freaking ball? What are you gonna give me, huh? <laughs> it's like they look like the Sandlot guys. <laughs> literally, it's like you want the. Oh my god, that is so funny. That's so funny. And uh, what's his name? Benson, uh, who hit the walk-off. Will Benson hits the walk-off. Well, Will Benson hits the walk-off. That was a bomb, too. We got the call on that one? I'll try to get that one for you real quick. Yeah, but but you talked about, like, the energy. The MLB Network, by you, the way. You, Thanks, guys. You talked about the energy there. Like, yeah. I think for the game prior, they announced his call-up in the morning on Tuesday. Right. They sold 6,000 additional tickets for that game after they called him up. And they had like way more attendance that game, obviously, than than most of their games. Yeah, the right. impact. But New here was Nick, New Nick. You go, oh, hold on. Let's do the call on the on the Will Benson. 
sound off of that, man. Holy moly, off both of those. Golly. And, and so here, the, here, here go the Reds with both of these kids. They're going to have them under control for like four years at minimum salary. Oh, and by the way. And these young players are coming up. They're ready to play. The, 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 the Major League Baseball has to do something about <laughs> I was, this salary. I was going to say, one of their other, your other youngsters, Spencer Steer, just won NL Rookie of the Month, by the way. I mean, the Reds are on a roll. They're fun to watch. They are fun to watch. That was my team growing and, up. And the two, big and two walk-offs in a row against the Dodgers. Yeah. The, you remember, well, you won't remember this, but the Reds and the Dodgers yeah, and the were, 70s, were in the NL West. Huge. Yeah, it was a huge rivalry. They were, they were rivals in the NL West. It was, who was it? It was uh, the Reds, the Dodgers. Oh, God, I can't believe I don't remember it. Was it the Braves? I can't help you. I cannot help you here, partner. Look that up. (laughs) I'm going to look that. New Nick, you got some uh, an update on that? So, like literally a minute ago, CBS just posted confirming that he did get the ball back, and well, it doesn't look like they got season tickets. All it says is that it looks like they went down to the uh, clubhouse, like all the guys, and just got like a signed bat and a signed ball and a picture with the. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's incredibly lame. No, it sounds like the guy just like they're literally calling the kid who gave it a uh, generous, and he got a whole generous. local news. Generous, story about it. what? Generous. Yeah. You grown up should be a should be ashamed. This of is so. This is on par with. You should be ashamed of yourself. This is on par. Well, what with, would you have asked for? Like I know you said season tickets, but like specifically, if it was you, what? Everything. Give me the list. What are you asking for? Season tickets and five grand. I do need some cash. I want five grand. I do need grand. some cash. Because that ball, if you auctioned off that ball, what would it be worth? Not, I mean. Especially given what he is probably going to become. His first home run, that ball is going to be worth, I mean, depending on what he becomes. Yeah. But even right now, I'd say it, it's at least $100,000 mm-hmm. to a collector. I could be way off base, but I think it's at least $100,000. Eventually, yeah. No, yeah. Eventually, eventually, it could be worth millions. <laughs> this is this is almost as bad, if not worse, than what was it in twenty twenty one? Signed bats. What was it, Mike Evans? Remember the whole Mike Evans thing? Yeah. The six hundredth touchdown from Tom Brady, and he threw it into the crowd, yeah. and that guy should have, you know, held out. What did he get? A percentage in FTX or whatever it was. <laughs> I remember that he got, he got some got- signed merchandise, which like, I mean. You wouldn't ask for that as part of your thing. Like, I'm not saying don't ask for the tickets and money, but like, you wouldn't have asked for at least for an autograph. I would have. But I can buy that online. I can buy a, a bat somebody signed yeah. on Fanatics right yeah, but now. But you can get it for free. I'll get it in a year you can get paid because Fanatics yeah, sucks. Yeah, but they can't get this thing I got in my hand for free. I mean, it's one of a kind. It's one of one. It's one of one. It has value, has real value. It's not a, you know, an NFT. <laughs> It's a real, it's real value. I wonder how that guy. Feels Here's the now. question: is is like, what would De La Cruz pay for it? He doesn't have much money to give the guy. Not right I'm now. Not, he doesn't. not right now. He doesn't. But he's gonna. In five years, what would he pay for? Give it? me a percent of your future contract. Right. You, that, I mean, what they did to those boys is criminal. They he need took to, advantage of them. And I hate this all. Well, you know, he earned it. He did. I, I don't get. Like, <laughs> is Aaron Judge earning forty million dollars? What? No, no. I mean, it's like it, it's for, these guys have more money. I know he doesn't have the money now, but they've got so much money. Pay, pay. You pay money. Pay the money, Cincinnati, if you want it. Well, I think the reason they're calling him generous is like remember like a few years ago when A Rod hit his three thousand hit and that fan caught it and then he like refused to give it back to him for a while. 
Good. And like, and he like just like. What do you know. want it? Well, what was the like uh, a ride? How much money is that dude <coughs> yeah. made? Where were the? What was? Pay the, me. Hold you on. Want the ball. Pay me. Hold on. What did I got to look this up real quick? The fan that. By caught, the way, the NL West division. Uh, they caught the Reds, Dodgers, Giants, Astros, Braves, and Padres. Back in the day, the NL West. Interesting. In the seventies. I had to look this up real quick. There was that dude. Remember, he caught Aaron Judge's sixty-second home run ball. Yeah. <clears throat> I got to feel. What did he get from that? Because he held out for a ransom on that. I believe he like asked for like a million at first. I forgot what he ended up getting out of that. Good. This is a, this is a. This guy was a lot more smarter. Yeah. What did he get? From I just that? can't. I, this whole uh, malarkey about you know oh it's it's special you didn't do anything to get it well uh, these guys got money <laughs> F to you. burn. you I was standing bro. in the right spot. These guys got money to burn. You want it? Pay for it. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You want it, Tom Brady? You want it, Mike Evans? Pay for it. Okay, what did he? Okay, hold on. What did he do here? Man, the things I would ask for, I can only imagine. What would you ask for? Well, unlike you, I actually would ask for at least for a signed ball. But then I don't, I don't know. I would probably, yeah, I'd probably ask for season tickets, maybe some cash. I don't know. Like, I understand. Like, it's kind of like you ever seen like that show Pawn Stars, where like yeah. they, it's, yeah. it's got to be like that ending where they're like, okay, this is what I have. What are you willing to offer me? And it's probably doing that back and forth. Right. It's so, a negotiation. I'd say as much as I could get out of it. I don't know. I always just think about that because, like, a couple, when Taylor Walls first got called up, I was, like, maybe, like, a section away from catching his first uh, home run, and I'm like, man, what I could have caught if I had gotten if I had caught that. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's Taylor Walls. Is, 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 maybe is not this, the money, but I still got This guy's category. I would, I would start at 100 grand. I'd, I'd start at 100 grand, a signed bat, a signed ball, and, uh, and actually, you can keep all the signed stuff. Just give me the money. I'm good. Get, give me I'm a money. big autograph guy, so I would have liked to have gotten an autograph, but that's yeah, just me. I'm not an autograph guy at all. So the, this Corey Yeoman. That's because you know most of these guys, so it's like, <laughs> what, what's the point? This guy that caught the, the judge ball, right? it looks like he sold it to a to Golden Auctions right, for right. $1.5 There you go. Who then flipped it there you go. for $3 million. There you go. Well, so like he most, actually lost $1.5 on that transaction, but he still got $1.5 well, like, The most iconic one million. is, how much did that guy make when he stole Mark McGuire's record-setting home run ball? Like, he $3 million. It back, like $3, he million. Did. $3 million, which is yeah. $3.05 the most expensive ball ever. Yeah. So if this kid becomes, you know, Rookie of the Year or whatever – that ball's gonna be worth at least a hundred grand. At least hundred grand. I'm starting at a hundred grand, cash money. Yeah. That's that's. I mean, that's the kind of ball that like the Hall of Fame might want to have one day. So like, yeah, that could be worth a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's it's a cash deal. All right. Uh, we need one more break. One more break. Yep. Let's grab one more break, and then we will come back and finish things up. Um, the effect of Messi going to Miami. Wait till you hear these numbers, folks. This is insane. And uh, we have, we talked about Dalvin Cook, but where's he going to end up? Where's he going to end up? Uh, that and a couple other nuggets when we come back. Stay with us. Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. 
When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fans Dream Sports. All right, welcome back. Our thanks to Italiano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Extravaganza Productions, and American Mortgage Services, Scott Fitzgerald. If you're thinking about buying a home or refinancing, or you, I know you say, oh, the rates are ridiculous. I'll wait till they come down. They ain't coming down, folks, anytime soon. So they'll probably hover around this. So if you need to make a purchase, you gotta you got to kind of skin that cat in a different way. And Scott Fitzgerald has some great creative programs for you. He'll look at your entire financial picture, and he may be able to save you money in other places that will make up for the money that you'll have to spend in extra interest. So a lot of different ways to do it, and you don't know all the ins and outs like he does. He's an expert in the field, been doing this for 30 years, did three of my mortgages. Uh, just have a conversation with him. Find out what your numbers are. You can probably a lot of things going on that you don't know about. So just email him, scott at amstampa.com, scott at amstampa.com. He'll get right back to you. And you'll have a conversation, and maybe you can get that new home that you want to get right now. Prices are coming down. So, um, you know, if you're thinking about it, find out all the information you need to find out. Uh, we got a couple comments coming in on uh, on the kids who gave up the ball for freaking nothing. Um, 
R.J. Martin says, full list is meet and greet, signed baseballs for him and his friends, signed pictures for him and his friends, signed bat and signed hat. Oh, that's what he got. Screw all the signed stuff. Screw that. I, I, I want cash money. I don't think I've ever gone up to an athlete and asked for a signing. I just don't care. No. I actually really don't care. No. I mean, I want to get, I want to get, I'll get a picture. But even pictures for me, I'd rather just be candid pictures of me doing the interview with them. I think pictures are better than autographs because, you know, you could go back to what is an autograph? An autograph symbolizes that you met that person. That's what the value of an autograph is, which is why I don't understand why people buy autographs. Like buying an autograph is... What you, emotional you, connection do you, you have, have to an autograph? You, didn't, you didn't get the autograph. The whole idea of getting an autograph is that you were in their presence Correct. and you met them. And your proof is they signed something. Like, and I walked by the mall, Palm Beach Autographs. There's a whole store yep, of yep. stuff you can buy that's auto- It's meaningless. It's freaking meaningless. People will pay thousands. Pay thousands. You didn't meet the person. You just bought it. <clears throat> See, I don't even care about the picture thing. Like, Come as on. long as I have the memory in my head, that's all I care about. Right. If you get the picture, it's just to put on social media. Right. No, you can frame it and put it in your house. Put it up on your wall of fame. Yeah, that's a cool then thing. I got a, then I got a picture of me in my house like that. Yeah, but yeah. with, you know, Tiger Woods. That's a cool thing. Oh, dude, you met Tiger Woods. Yeah. Yeah, we played golf together one day. That's a cool It's a conversation starter. Yeah, pictures are cool. Back in the day, we took pictures before social media. It's true. Yeah. Sure. We did that. Now we put them up in our house, and we showed them to our friends and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, <laughs> Richie P says, your Taylor Balls ball is getting you a hot dog with no condiments. <laughs> That's disrespectful to Taylor Walls. That's disrespectful. R.J. Martin, I always try and ask for personalization when getting an autograph. Yeah. Yeah. Can you put it to R.J.? Yeah. Get it personalized. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. 100%. No condiments. Speaking of condiments, did you see the guy that stole the mustard, the big mustard canister from the concession stand? Oh, was unfortunately, sitting, yeah. He was sitting in the stands just eating it, and then um, MLB Network had to go back, flashback to the guy with the mayonnaise. Like mayonnaise <laughs> that's been sitting out on a hot <laughs> summer day on the condiment shelf. Next to the, <laughs> remember the dude that du- he's eating the mayo. Remember oh the dude that God. doused himself in Duke's mayo at the Mayo Bowl. <laughs> yes. Hey, remember remember Will Levis when he when he was off my draft board when he when he stuck that big spoon. No, no, what did he do? He put the mayonnaise in the coffee. Uh, That's mayonnaise in coffee. Mayonnaise in the coffee. Nothing tops that. He was off my draft board years ago when I saw that clip. Mayonnaise in the coffee. Like what is that? Is it so I will hard? Say this, have you tried mayonnaise? On no, bread? I hate mayonnaise. You hate me. I love love mayonnaise and I love uh, Miracle Whip is. Great mayonnaise. That's like sweet mayonnaise. It's fantastic. You put the, you put it on the bread and then you put it that side down. Who taught taught me that? Like like a, someone on the show came on and told us that. I forget who it was. And I tried it. It's fantastic. It, the butter and the mayonnaise and the grilled cheese fried. Oh, holy mo! That's a game changer. You were gonna add something, new Nick? Nope. Nope. He's off. Um, so, <laughs> have there any condiments that you would eat plain? You know what I used to do when I was a kid? This is disgusting to think about it. I love hot sauce a lot. What's your what's your go-to? <clears throat> Tabasco. Tabasco. Crystal. The Holy Grail. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I loved it so much, I would literally pour, and I wouldn't use Tabasco because it's a little bit, the consistency is different. I would use like Texas Pete. I would pour Tabasco in a bowl and get a spoon. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. 
when I was a kid, and I would put it in a spoon, and I no would. No wonder your upper I hates you. <laughs> would sip it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's gross. I will. I will cop to making ketchup sandwiches. Oh. <laughs> you know. You know another thing. My family gives I me. Made, I made ketchup. I love ketchup <laughs> so much. I'm like, just take the burger out of it. You want to know? Give, you want to know another thing? Some ketchup. My my grandpa still gives me flack for this. He used to make when I was a little kid. He used to come over and he used to make like my, my lunch for for school. Right. And he used to ask me what I wanted, and guess what I used to ask for? The Tabasco sandwich. No, 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 no. Bologna. With, with ketchup on it. Yes. And they thought I was. Bologna with ketchup. Yes, <laughs> I guess bro. we're doing this. Yes. But they thought it yes. was the nastiest thing in the world. No, I and told, how about that? That's what I ate when I was a kid. Bologna and I ketchup. I don't know why. And I, now I hate bologna and I hate ketchup. You ever had a fried bologna sandwich? No, I don't. Oh. I, I don't. I despise bologna. No. We, used to, we used to like go out when, in the tree. We had a tree fort. Uh, and then we'd go up and we'd cook in the tree fort. We had open flame in our wooden tree fort as a kid. Yeah, we we did that, and we'd cook a bologna. We we'd fry up bologna in like a like a foil pan. We were camping out. We'd camp out for the night and have bologna sandwiches. Yeah, duh. Uh, that was those were the days, baby. Screw Burns. Give me a fried Thank you. bologna. Screw. Give me a fried bologna sandwich in the tree fort. <laughs> In the treehouse on an open flame. That's what it's all about, kids. You kids today on your iPads and your DoorDash. Screw that. Get, get, 